Gronk, my man. How did that date go last night? Mm. 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 Yeah, yeah, you got to put out the gold coin if you want to. Well, you know. <laughs> hey, check out this gear I picked up. Got it from Old Man Withers' place. Have a listen, my dude. Hmm? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Lost Geeks podcast. I'm the Doc. And me, JT, gonna talk about Mighty Orcs, son your biggest, baddest, and me beats it. Please stop poking me. Stop that. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So you guessed it. We're going to be talking about orcs this time. And just to kind of address this in the intro, Grunk is actually an orc character of mine. He is a blacksmith in Aventium. Uh, the, you've met him. Uh, Desco has a pretty good relationship with him. Uh, let's see. He runs the Meat Cleaver. It's a blacksmith that sells weapons and meat, but he's tongueless. He has no tongue. So he grunts and points. Yeah, Desco gave Desco him. a while to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh Desco, I think you paid him. No, you just you kind of gave him some stuff. Yeah, he's a good buddy of yours. He might be able to forge you some yeah, I've amazing given him, armor. Yeah, I've been helping. I've given him gold bars. I've given him a bunch of armor and weapons that he, well, they had gotten hit by bandits kind of after the transition of the city. So in order to kind of help him get back on his feet, Desco kind of unloaded a lot of goods to him that he could use. But to be fair, he did provide Desco with some really nice ribs and chicken and uh, I think a, a sack of spices. So we'll get to our orcs at the end, but let's talk about Tolkien orcs, the original orcs, kind of. Orcs, orcs, orcs. Oh, wrong orcs. Yeah. So the Tolkien orcs are kind of interesting. He actually, from what I understood, got the inspiration from Beowulf. Uh, Orc and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Orkneos. And it's kind of like goblins, demons. And that's where he got the word at originally. Goblin demon. <laughs> yeah. And I think in his world, orc roughly, translate, roughly translates into demon. Um, so... Yeah, makes sense. And so obviously Tolkien used them as being evil, and they are kind of demon-like. I could see that confusion. You think of like, is it Kappas that can be kind of like that too? You know, green, and I don't know, there's different versions of Kappas, I guess. But if you're thinking like Japanese stuff, mm -hmm. something to compare it to. But so the Tolkien ones, they were rumored. So my understanding is with the histories of Middle-earth, and I, I have read Lord of the Rings and Hobbit. I have not read all the histories of Middle-earth. I just, I don't have the time, unfortunately. But my understanding is there's different rumors of what the orcs' backstories are, which is kind of interesting in and of itself. But one of them was that they came from elves. 
there was like a corrupted group of or 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 a corrupted group of elves and they came from mm-hmm. north or something like that and there was several variations of that backstory yeah basically created from the twisting and torture of elves and which is interesting i i haven't gone through all the books like you have maybe some of those out there that are bigger nerds and geek lost geeks on the Tolkien universe, you know how in the movies they were bolstering their numbers up because as far as I know, the good chunk of the elves that are resisting, they're kind of getting, they're kind of leaving. They're saying that kind of their fond farewell. Mm-hmm. Well, so another thing too is I had noticed they don't like the light. And I remember when Gandalf comes in at dawn, I remember that's a scene in the movies, but I don't, Obviously, they would have to be able to withstand sunlight a little bit, I would think. But yeah, I don't know. There was some stuff in there about that. There was Saruman's or the Orkai were like just a more powerful version of the Orc. Yeah, yeah. With that. and then going back to like, yeah, they're kind of I would say kind of like a solid skin tone. But I would yeah. say yeah, they're remotely strong. I mean, men are probably stronger one-on-one although i don't know the orkai are pretty pretty beefy boromir well, fights well boromir fights the yeah. one but he get, he's hit by three arrows before he so yeah yeah well and if you look if you take it if these are uh, corrupted elves that have been turned into these creatures elves are strong yeah <laughs> and i think there's several examples of that but they're not pushovers they're Mm -hmm. like on that verge of supernatural strength and can hold their own in melee combat and i think that's one thing if you watch like the lord of the rings movies like you're just like oh legolas is just all bow actually he's really good at hand-to-hand and can physically hold his own against a lot of Mm -hmm. very strong opponents but yeah these orcs are (laughs) they are evil they're they're cruel sadistic black-hearted vicious and pretty much hateful to everyone in everything alive (laughs) and with the inspiration being beowulf's tale that makes sense if that's the inspiration for it and yeah they often are fighting amongst themselves for rank and i wouldn't compared to some of the other orcs i probably put most of their intelligence kind of lower on the scale mm-hmm. than some of the others we're going to talk about well some some of the <laughs> some <others>. some <laughs> there's a lot of orcs out there it is it is a reoccurring thing with a few exceptions they are kind of dumb but there are rare exceptions to that even amongst the different well, versions of them and you do see you know you do have the smarter orcs that are there it makes you wonder what happens exactly through that transition exactly mm-hmm. what that does to them because if it's like increasing strength and then making them dumber so that they're easier to control because really they're just we want a really strong mean army that is just going to keep going until they can't anymore basically and that's what you kind of see with Tolkien's works so this next one and nothing against Tolkien or like I said I've read all the books I, I of course Warcraft <laughs> In general, not just World of Warcraft. We'll talk about the other ones this time. That's probably my 
was my introduction to orcs, honestly, because I remember playing Warcraft 2 at a friend's house, and that was my introduction to orcs. Yeah, and I, I started with Warcraft, orcs and humans. I did go that. back and play that, yeah. <laughs> Spent hours playing that in my childhood on the computer, MS-DOS days. And yeah, that was my first introduction of orcs. And so... And you know, you went back and played it. There wasn't much story back then to Warcraft. There, it wasn't, there was some though. There was some. There There was was a very small storyline, but you had to read the instruction book for one and two. Mm -hmm. And there was a little bit of backstory. And then there was like a cinematic. And I think there was a small description before the level. Uh, Yeah. It, it was basically geared towards it. That I would say was more built in for the actual gameplay because in Warcraft Orcs and Humans, if you played the humans, then you won as the humans. If you played the orcs, the orcs then yeah. you won as the orcs. And you had different outcomes based on that, but they were pretty much the same thing. Your orc general or human general was sitting there on a throne victorious and you get yeah. a brief kind of scroll down text of kind of you're ruling over the lands now but it so the story in that first one was really just well do you want the humans to win do you want the orcs to win and the second one was like that too if i recall depending on who you won with now i think they did when they made warcraft 3 they did pick the story because i think in the expansion of warcraft 2 i know the humans won because that's what's taking place like after i think yeah and i think now it's been kind of wrecked Con in the first game, the orcs were victorious. Yes. And then the second, the humans, or I guess you'd say alliance, was successful. And then that went into Warcraft 3. Yeah. So, an interesting thing, though, I've noticed is like the original inspiration for the game, they were evil. They were like Tolkien's orcs, basically. And Mm -hmm. then in number three, which we're getting to, is they changed them. And it was that they had been corrupted by a demon, which was an interesting choice because it kind of made it made their orcs their own. And it like showed, you know, they had the more shamanistic roots. And if you know Thrall, there's a great story relating to his character of how he kind of brought all the orcs out of being slaves, basically, at that point. Now, yeah, you know, well, they that, had invaded and lost. So, I mean, yeah. I, you know. <laughs> well, that it was like the between time because you had Warcraft, th- Warcraft two, Warcraft three, and in that middle is where you have like the rise of Thrall, yeah, and everything that he went through, actually getting his name from a human. Mm-hmm. Thrall obviously means slave, so it was just I, I wouldn't say really a nicer way of calling him a slave, but yeah, he, he essentially was a slave. Feel bad for the the guy's wife, but <laughs> you know, there basically. Was- raised him to be a fighter for him yeah did you know there actually was meant to be a point and click like an adventure game around thrall that would have been fun yeah um i've actually seen the first like i don't i don't know if you'd call it a level but the first like puzzle he's like in a prison cell and i think you're trying to get out i actually have seen gameplay of it hmm. it was i i've always been sad that game didn't come out but those puzzle games uh, they were kind of rough. I've done Monkey Island, and they and those games were kind of rough. <laughs> I don't know if you ever played any of them, but no. But seeing and and I know Blizzard has had some other issues. I know there was that Ghost game for StarCraft that didn't come yeah. out as well. 
So there was a lot of like started projects that just didn't quite go far enough or they just decided they didn't want to put the funding or time into yeah. it. They but, have the books oh, yeah. too around. Yeah, the books as well. That kind of fleshed out the story a little bit. Yeah, if you definitely in this, you could say for any content out there if there's a book series with it you're definitely going to get a lot more of the story a lot bigger picture by reading the books or you know audiobooks if you are busy and <laughs> too busy to pull up the book and take some hours to to read a full book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in warcraft 3 they did kind of redeem them though and that's one of the interesting things is now in a world of warcraft i mean you can play that whole group that was once bad guys and i mean there are people that consider them good guys so a i've been playing this mobile game which we've referenced a lot and i was talking to a guy who he used to play horde he started off playing horde and it was interesting getting his perspective because he said when he was playing horde he thought the quests did not give out as much gold and that horde players alliance players basically had more advantages than horde players he thinks And he also had said early on in his playing, he got ganked by an alliance guy. And he always just saw them as the bad guys after that. And that's kind of what happened to us, if I recall, in World of Warcraft. I remember getting ganked early on by a horde guy. It's like, oh, these are the bad guys. And it's like... Well, and that's the problem. I mean, I played both alliance and horde. It happens on both sides. You can't say, Mm. well... It only is happening on one side. Nope, both sides do it equally and just But it does set the tone. It does set the tone. If you're picking a side side and you're sticking with it, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. It it will definitely be set that tone for you where you're like, oh, that's I hate you. I'm an alliance guy, and you can all judge me for that, but I will justify that with having played Warcraft one and two. I just I had more of a bias towards the Alliance being the good guys. And I really wanted to play a dwarf. That was what it came down to. Well, and I remember, because I, I played the first, second, third, 2.5, the expansion, Frozen yeah. Throne. And so when this was announced, A, I was really upset that gnomes got put in out of nowhere. I know you said that there might have been a small reference to him somewhere, but it was really, a, I, I felt it was a big reach when yeah. they could have just thrown the high elves in there. But then I was like, okay, I was really inspired by Thrall and the kind of the rise of the orcs. And I was kind of hoping they would do this thing where we could still team up because in the books and towards the end of that game, you do see the orcs and humans working together a lot, especially Thrall and Jaina. And I know there are issues that kind of strain that, but I felt that was like, I don't know, for me, it felt forced in the story, and we're getting a little <laughs> off yeah. of the topic, but it, it did feel a little forced to keep the sides separate. But I, I remember you were going to play your dwarf, and I was going to play this orc, and we team up and do stuff. And then they came out and said, Nope, we're not having any of that. Mm-hmm. So I had to readjust kind of our well, thought process for all of that. And he was bringing up how they like revamped all the stories for those guys. And I, he was explaining it to me from the horde point of view. And it's like, well, the orcs are just trying to make their home, you know, this desert area and the Alliance are just like, keep attacking them. And he was saying like, you know, the trolls got driven out of their home and the undead, you know, it's like, well, the undead are just trying to be left alone. And I'm like, I understand that perspective if you're a horde player, (laughs) but from the Alliance perspective, these people have burnt your lands and killed a lot of your people. So it's like, 
uh, you know, they might be nice yeah. now, <laughs> but they haven't always been that way. Well, and the problem is, is you've got the good and bad on both sides. Mm-hmm. And that's what's kept both sides at odds. If you look for Thrall, it's Hellscream when he <laughs> went yep. AWOL on the Night Elves. Yep. And for the Alliance, Jaina's people, like, they took the death of their king personally. Like, that was her dad. So they were like, yeah, we're not letting that go. And so now Thrall's got to deal with that while he's trying to build up this this new home. Yeah. And so you do you have it on b- bad elements on both sides that keep on agitating it. Well, and even the king of Stormwind, right? He was imprisoned over by the orcs, right? And was he was an arena mm-hmm. fighter over there. That's the whole thing. I mean, this was going on on both sides. And I mean, this happens in real life. We don't we're not going to get into the politics of that right now, but you can understand and it is interesting that they've made both sides hate each other so much just through the story. And I mean, they always rebring this up from time to time, you know, with like Sylvanas supposedly. Oh, spoiler, everybody. Sorry if you pause for the next 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, Sylvanas attacking the Alliance after they were allied, or she didn't attack them. She walked away and looked like she was abandoning them. But from my understanding, the story was something else was going on, and that's why she diverted her attention away. But they do kind of play to that. Sylvanas is my favorite, by the way, if you didn't know. Yeah, you you get very different outlooks if you're playing in that moment, if you're playing Horde or Alliance, Mm -hmm. because how it looks on both sides is that both are kind of (laughs) stabbing the other in the back. And so both feel kind of spurned by what happened. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we need to keep going into Warcraft works. We could talk about them. Since we're in Warcraft, we could, yeah. Well... And I guess we can talk about some physical traits of them. So, yeah, War- Warcraft one, orcs and humans, they were green, like they were big green fighting machines, and I loved them. And I thought that was just the color they were because there was no story, there was no explanation of like, oh, they're actually this way because of this. And so when <laughs> I, and. I, I'm giving them a pass and maybe they did have all of this deep backstory written down. Like someone was back there just writing like books of data on like the history of the orcs. And so maybe this was all there and they just didn't put it in. Mm -hmm. But as the game started getting more popular with Warcraft three and frozen throne and Arthas storyline. And with the announcement of the MMO, which we don't have to go into the popularity of that at all. Yeah. But they started fill, backfilling in a lot of information. So you got the the backstory of like, well, the orcs were originally brown and they turned green because they got corrupted by demon blood. Yeah. And that was like, for me, I was just like, what? No. <laughs> so like that green skin that I was like really proud of as an orc, I was just like, well, now I'm not proud of it. And it's like tainted, like demon blood. Like, that's not fun. <laughs> Yeah, and that's interesting because they do keep bringing that element into the story with like the demons and stuff. I mean, it is a thing and it's, like I said, it makes for a good backstory. Yeah, and you do have to flesh it out. I think the problem was is they had to go back and they changed so much. And so there were so many retcons that came in that like from someone who was seeing it from the very beginning, it just, for me, it got to be too much. Like I was just like, okay, you're changing a lot now. Like you are changing a lot of stories around that I grew up with and followed and I liked it how it was. And now you're telling me that that's not what it was. 
even through Warcraft 3, a lot of uh, things have changed in that. So it's it's amazing to see. And that's something I, I want to make sure as we move forward with our content, that we're not going back and retconning too much. It's hard, though, because things do change as time goes on. You know, something comes up and it's like, we need to retcon this. But yeah, I, I don't like retconning because as like I invest in I had invested in the lore of Warcraft, you know, having played from Orcs versus Humans and Warcraft 2 and all that. It's like yeah, t- Tides of Darkness, right? Mm-hmm. Warcraft 2 Tides of Darkness. And then what yep. was the expansion? The Dark oh, something with a so dark pool. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I don't have the discs in front of me. So So yeah, I I like the Warcraft Orcs. I am more of an alliance guy, as you know. Um I will I always say this though, if the Blood Elves had been in when the game released, I probably would have been a horde player. <laughs> because <laughs> i loved the blood elves i loved them from the warcraft 3 frozen throne expansion kale thos yeah. ah, it was so much fun right, we I, gotta move, we I, gotta move on to a different type of work so we're gonna talk about i, I know we get <laughs> all right one more thing one more thing one more thing, more thing. More thing. <laughs> out of all of them we're gonna discuss and i want to hit this for this all may of be them. a two-parter this may be a two-parter <laughs> <laughs> but the warcraft orcs out of all the ones we're gonna discuss minus maybe one are probably the most intelligent oh definitely i would say yeah out of all the ones that that we're going to talk about they're not they're not just evil mindless killing machines and i will say i do love that they took that route because they could have easily just rolled with that first game and said nope they're evil yeah they're evil they're killing machines they don't care they just want to conquer and you know destroy everything in their path and i'm glad they didn't do that can i tell a spoiler then Sure. Our orcs are going to be even better. And they're going to be good, too. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's the other one we're going to be talking about. They, our orcs are going to be very intelligent. Yeah. And I do, I I do enjoy the Warcraft orcs. I I think their story is a good one. And I, I like that redemption factor. Thrall is still one of my favorite characters ever. Even with some of the changes in his personality that have been happening. (laughs) Hopefully we'll get old thrall back, but anyway, I guess yeah. we can move on. I, I, I've got yeah. nothing else for for them. Well, I mean, we could we could keep going, but yeah, we could talk about World of Warcraft orcs all day, or Warcraft or orcs in general. But if we don't move on, this will be this will be a three parter if we're not careful. All right, so we're gonna get into the Warhammer and Warhammer 40k orcs next. I think we're gonna start with the warhammer ones so i'll let you lead in with this one i got some 40k stuff i want to get into but i'll let you lead into this one yeah so first up warhammer fantasy orcs and for those of you don't know there's yeah games workshop there's warhammer fantasy warhammer age of sigmar and warhammer (laughs) 40k and lord of the rings (laughs) yeah all three very different worlds Warhammer fantasy and warhammer 40k have similarities but as far as like canon and stuff goes they're not connected yeah depending on very similar things they're not connected the orcs the orcs are somewhat connected they're if anything's canon the orcs kind of are (laughs) there are some differences but they're very similar which i like which i like so in warhammer fantasy the orcs it's hard because there, there's two theories of thought. Either they, either they were accidentally introduced by the old gods, yep, or they were 
they derive through space and arrived that way like spores Mm -hmm. on a rock landed on the planet and sprouted orcs yep uh they are a mix of animal and fungal life forms Mm -hmm. they're and they do have that very vivid green colorization to them uh this is due to an algae or green fungus that has permeated their cellular makeup or at least that's what the scholars of the world have assumed about them so yeah hybrids of animal and fungal life forms and they actually reproduce it very interesting way by means of spores being continually released from their body mm-hmm. and when these spores take root like it starts growing under the ground and the infant green skin so orc or green skin as they're called is formed underground and once fully matured it digs its way to the surface under the dome of a very shriveled mushroom cap and this is basically the entire basis of their ecosystem yep. <laughs> producing different sorts of fungus that they feed on and you do get differences like goblins and greenskins are the same they just develop differently so you they meet either can... they'll eat meat too though right yes okay meat so and the... fungi basically yeah that's the same diet as the yeah. 40k ones but yeah, i was just mm-hmm. curious that was similar and so when a when a green skin's born, it'll either come up as an orc or a goblin. I think there's one other one I'm missing. Apologies. I'm not a master lore of the, the fantasy lore. Uh, this means that, and this makes them pretty formidable because wherever they go, they have an abundance of food and resources and ecosystem that can support them and unleash what they call their wog, which is their numbers swell up and they just go and ravage the world. It's a very scary thing where they just have these massive amount of numbers to go and take on a threat. And that's kind of what the these green skins, they're always looking for the biggest, baddest challenge. Yep. They, and they'll once fight they, each other or I, they'll fight each yeah. other or they'll fight who basically who is there for a round. Mm-hmm. And you're, stealing all my beat, th- you're stealing all yeah. my 40k thunder here. There's a lot of similarities. We should have just listened them together. I'm like, man, he's stealing all my thunder here. <laughs> and so once they've beaten like a race or an individual, they don't, they kind of don't care anymore about that. They are going to move on to the next biggest thing. They don't really see you as a threat anymore they're looking for the next challenge so Mm -hmm. once they beat you they're kind of done with you and they want to move on to what's next if you want a more in-depth more intelligible rounded out (laughs) version of orcs and what they are in warhammer fantasy i would strongly suggest you look up lore master of sotek on youtube he is a master of all things lore on Warhammer Fantasy, and you can find a lot of great information there. But so uh, I get, and, and there are slight differences with the 40K orcs. I'm not sure what all of those are, but they're very slight. So I'll let you go ahead and. Yeah, and then, we, then the maybe we can combine 40K. the two. Cause, so yeah, they're the lichen, the fungi too. That's how they're made. And I remember reading something somewhere because of the way they infect the planet. Once they're actually on a planet, it's almost impossible to get rid of them because when you kill them, 
it just spreads like the spores again. <laughs> so you're basically going to just get more of them. It's like, yeah, how hard is it to get rid of fungi? Especially, and I think, orc yeah, I think that's one of the differences between the two is that the 40k orcs, uh, the spores spread more. And I think that process is a little faster because so, in fantasy, I don't, they don't take over as fast. Yeah. It can well, get out of control, but it, it's not like once they hit the planet, it's, it's done. Yeah. Say goodnight. Well, and that's the whole thing. It's, I don't think it means it's so much over. It's just that they're never going to completely root them out is what it basically is. And I mean, that kind of makes sense because it, even in Warhammer, you can kill thousands of them, but they're, they're still going to come back once once they're on the planet they're there and there's no way to get rid of them so i and then maybe that's how they're playing into the warhammer one they they beat them and they beat them over and over again but they're they're always coming back there's just no way they're not yeah because just you you basically have to once you conquer them the only way to really get rid of is you have to burn everything Everything. and it it depends on how i wonder how far the spores travel because you think about like the caves they've been in and if they're dropping spores all the time yeah how eh. yeah and and that that's my thing is i think over generations like different uh races will go in and they'll cut them down they'll basically cut them back but they always yeah yeah, they always manage to come back so probably impossible to get rid of completely so i get and i think that's more what it was it's not so much that you just instantly win but in the 40k universe it's like they know once they're there they're never going to get rid of them. So it's like, oh, the planet's a loss, even though it might take, you know, billions of years to make them. <laughs> You're always going to be fighting, but is the planet really a loss? Should we just exterminate us, the whole planet? Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes, and quit high inquisitor. <laughs> that that would be the answer of a lot of space marines. <laughs> so Lycan, they, they all worship Gork and Mork. They do share the same gods. And I think it's one of those situations where they don't really know which one is which. They're probably both the exact same. It's just some worship Gork and some worship Mork, which I really like. <laughs> yeah, and I think one is seen more as a an orc orc and one is seen as a goblin. And I think that's like the slight yeah. difference there. Uh, don't quote me on that. I But I do think one of them is an orc, one of them is a goblin. So the wog, the wog, I think, is another thing. It's like a psychic field that connects all of them. And I think that plays into some roles, like where the orcs will start gathering to fight and stuff like that. I know in the Dawn of War games, that's how it was. You could, like, hit something and they would, like, power up. And it also allows them to identify who, like, the strongest around them is. And like I said, this is more of the 40K stuff. But I guess as an orc wins fights and gains, I guess, what you would call renown within that orc faction he will actually get physically larger and stronger and the other orcs will start to see him as uh there was one i can't remember the name of it a knob which i think is a noble and then you can become like a war master if you get even for higher up than that and you just you basically bulk up in size and get stronger and more mm-hmm. orcs see that but since they'll fight it's you know another orc could challenge you if they were gaining in size too so you always i guess have to make sure you're one step ahead and continue achieving victories yeah and I, th- I think that process is pretty much the same for fantasy. I think is they they're, that's why they're always wanting to fight the biggest and baddest thing out there that they can find because that's what gives them that power and that renown with, yeah. a, you know, compared to the other green skins. So this is from, I heard this from another podcast and 
I want to make sure I give them the proper reference here because I don't want to cheat them out of us recommending them. But they were talking about, I'll say this first and then I'll look them up real quick, but they were saying the orcs kind of, they they keep up with whatever the planet's technology level's at. So the example being in Warhammer Fantasy, they are able to keep up by making better and better weapons and armor. But say in the 40K universe, since they're fighting space marines, they have guns and they have like flamethrowers. And that's kind of the interesting thing about them is they they develop technology to level of the people they're fighting. That's just how they are. Yeah, and I know in the fan the fantasy orcs, they do that by basically just taking everything they win off of other races they fight. So whether it's dwarves or humans, they're basically taking everything that they've yep. won after the fight and then patching it together and making stuff off of that. And so they get they get a lot of materials and they're pretty good using that material so i'd say in terms of tel- intelligence they're definitely not on the level of what i'd say warcraft orcs are but they're not i, I would say they're above tolkien orcs oh yeah definitely well okay so just real quick the podcast if you're interested in War- warhammer 40k lore i would say lorehammer the episodes are really long but they it's a really good podcast I, i've listened to it quite a bit i actually am a little bit behind on it um unfortunately my life is just busy but they go into in-depth deep conversations and they turn into like two-hour talks kind of like what we do sometimes but some of them are i mean they're like two and a half three hours but they're good they're good so lorehammer uh if you're into warhammer 40k and you want some more information on them it's a good podcast especially if you don't want to like try to find and read all of the books that go into warhammer fantasy and 40k there are just there are so many books and lore tucked into everything and i know on the warhammer fantasy side that a a lot of those books you get lucky if you find them on ebay at this point And so it's it's really hard. So if you could find someone like Loremaster of Sotek or uh, Lorehammer, those are really good sources if you want to get information on the world and the lore and how things have progressed and gotten to where they are. Or maybe you want to know more about the Greenskins or more about the Elves or whatever race it may be, they can definitely facilitate that. Mm-hmm. So you kind of brought this up a little bit earlier, but the 40K ones, they can build stuff. So, you know, they'll make these helicopters out of, I've seen some funny memes. It's like, oh, they find two pieces of pipe. All of a sudden they have a helicopter. (laughs) Just like, it's like, how do they make this? So their intelligence is kind of questionable too. I'm sure there's some arguments to be made. It's like, they're not supposed to be that smart, but somehow they're engineering these complex machines. Yeah. Yeah. And they do. They look like they're just thrown together. Like, it's like, how is that flying? <laughs> like how, how is that working? But it works. As long as they can get it to move and shoot explosives out, they're happy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder how long they would actually last. It's like, are they just going to crash inevitably because they are just so shoddily made? But, eh, I don't know. They're their own crash test dummies. Yes. Which they would be fine with, I'm sure. I mean, I guess if you have enough of them and you test that way over and over again, eventually you're going to find out what's what works. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I could talk about these guys for a while too. I, when I was learning about them, I really, really kind of wanted to base our works around them, but I'm like, the problem is they they are so cool. (laughs) They just really are. But we decided to do something a little bit different. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Sorry. I'm jumping the gun here. So, and if we, I think the fun thing about orcs that we've looked at all the ones so far, and we do, we've got D and D orcs to go to, but out of all the ones we've done, they're all different. <laughs> and I, that's the fun thing. I, I, I look at orcs and I'm like, th- you can really have fun with them. You can make you them can. their own entity. You don't have to follow the traditional fantasy orc. Yes. You just don't. There's a and lot of options out there. Ours are pretty yeah. unique. I know I, like I, said, I, I shouldn't talk about them yet. We're going to get to them. We're going to get to them. <laughs> Ours are very fun. We've done our own thing with them. Obviously, I mean, you have to take a little inspiration from all these different sources, though, because obviously Tolkien had the original idea. And I mean, he based them on Beowulf. That's the whole thing. I mean, all everyone is inspired by something. That's the difference. Are you inspired by it or are you ripping it off? Mm-hmm. I know you have you and I have spent countless hours talking to make sure the stuff we come up with is unique. Every single one of our yeah. races will be unique. I mean, 30. you're, you're going to see some similarities, of course, but yeah how many now what's the count 36 36 races and counting i i'm pretty comfortable at the 36 mark right now i'm pretty comfortable that we've covered a lot of bases we're still going to get a player that comes to the table and be like look through all of them and be like you know what i really want to play this oh it happens already i want to play play rabbit folk i want to play the (laughs) spider spider folk that who has who, who would arms, come up? Who would come up with something like pistols. that? <laughs> who would come up with something like that? Uh, yeah. So is I that wonder. is that race in existence yet? <laughs> Speaking no. of that, <laughs> that one is not. We yeah, do not so have that's, an insect race yet. Out that's of the a character. Six, one of them of is mine. not an insect. Well, since I'm DMing, can't I just bring him in? I mean, I at this point it might be had quite a flamingo. <laughs> yes, we have had a flamingo. We've had flamingo. We've had penguins. Yeah, the spider race. <laughs> the six pistols <laughs> might have been where it was a little bit too much. You should just have two of the arms like up top, just hold a bazooka, and then two like have like machine guns and then pistols. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> my little friends. <sighs> There's going to be more too. We're going to keep adding to it, but we do put a significant amount of work into all of our races. Some are really detailed some we're working on but and i would say all of them still need some work some are further along than others but it does take time because there is going we want that traditional fantasy mixed in with and and this is kind of an idea that i talked to you about of wouldn't it be great to have a world where all of these like fantasy monsters and races from all these other things were coexisting in a world. Mm -hmm. And how do we take that and make it unique to us? So we're not just doing dwarves. We're not just doing humans. Mm -hmm. We're not just doing elves and halflings and gnomes. And even though, yes, we are going to have elements of all of those, but how can we make them ours? And I think that's the process that you really have to sit down and build it out. And like, you know, Tolkien did, like Warhammer did with their orcs, how Warcraft did it. You need to really, how do we make this our own? Yeah. So 
to get back on topic, we're going to get to orcs, orcs here in a second, but anything else we want to say about Warhammer mm. fantasy orcs? I have some orcs I painted. I have some of the flamas and some mood grots, but nice. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else to say about the Warhammer orcs. That's another one we could probably talk about quite a bit if we wanted to, but I love them. Yeah. <sighs> Just They're my favorite orcs. Of, of what we have discussed so far, the Warhammer 40k orcs are probably my favorite. Yeah. Unfortunate that just the price tag on a lot of that for for high school students did not allow for us yeah. to explore the 40k game any <laughs> further than what we high did. school but aside i'm an adult i still can't afford what that stuff costs I and mean, you're talking like 50 dollars for some of these things 60 bucks it's like you don't get anything for that 60 dollars yeah it's almost a life decision like i am going to commit to this and devote a considerable yeah. amount of my time to doing yeah. this luckily they have the 3d printers which can help a little bit although i don't think that stuff's legal in tournaments so you, yeah you're gonna be black mark now they're not gonna let you in competitions with your counterfeit yeah my understanding if you're gonna play in tournaments they do ask you to and that's fine you know that's fine if it's an officially sponsored thing sure all right on from 40k let's talk about dnd orcs since we do I don't know, play D&D. We should probably talk about them. Yeah, which I would say was the version of Orcs probably most akin to Tolkien's. Yeah. In terms of just their temperament. Um, Really quick fact, though. uh, Tolkien actually preferred the spelling of Orc to be O-R-K and not the O-R-C version because he didn't want it pronounced with a soft C, which creates this sound and not the hard K sound. So it would have been Orse mm-hmm. instead of Orc. So he ended up making it in his world that the letter C was pronounced with that hard K sound hmm. for C so that he could, so it could be called Orc. So D&D Orcs, obviously not... My knowledge of them actually comes from the Salvatore books, the Drist stuff. Mm. Now, I I think a lot of inspiration, especially the wikis, use a bold many arrows in in that tribe. Yeah, well, so the orcs kind of an introduction to they the typically orcs. live in like the caves. They're considered more monster creatures. There are half orcs you can play, but orcs typically are more viewed as like monsters in that universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, savage, fearless, and the tri- they are always in search of elves, dwarves, humans to destroy. So again, very not they're they're looking for bloodshed, not something you want to keep around. So they've really taken them down that same route of like, no, they're just evil. It's an evil race that wants bloodshed. Mm-hmm. And I know a bold was trying and, and Salvatore was trying to put us more of a spin like well not so much to that extent they were really he a bold was just trying to carve out a portion of the world to make his own well and i think they the kind orcs. of ret- they spoilers again i think they kind of retcon that later like he, when he was in charge and some of his direct descendants that was fine but then down the road like the orc part of it kind of took over again and I think they were eventually driven back. So it's like when they were willing to be civilized, they did have a spot. But then later when they started acting up again, and there was 
other groups influencing them and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, well, unfortunately. But yeah, Opal well, himself that, had a peaceful uh, reign. Well, yeah, and that was, but that's because they had a really strong leader and he was basically keeping them all in check, which yep. is why they were so powerful because ev- all the tribes were uniting under yes. him. And like he was willing to go to a table and have negotiations and like barter for peace and say, look, this is what we want. <laughs> give it, give us this and there will be no more war. Well, and Bruner, because in that, the, it, they always have the dwarves and it works like mortal en- enemies, typically speaking, in a lot of these. We didn't really touch on that in 40K and Warhammer, but I know in Warhammer, the dwarves, I mean, that's like, they ha- the orcs have more grudges in their grudge book than anybody else is my understanding. And it's like, we hate these people. And they kind of do that in D&D a little as well. Because I remember Bruner, again, spoilers, it was kind of, he was kind of frowned upon for signing the peace treaty and it's like all the other dwarves knew why he did it and why he had to do it but even that they still kind of frowned upon it it was still like oh he signed this peace treaty and like Mm -hmm. later in life when he is in all this is spoilers but he came back and was reincarnated i think that was something he rectified later on yeah so but like you said for the most part yeah they're evil yeah yeah they have a hatred of civilized races of the world and the they a strong need to satisfy the demands of their deity grummish yep and And he's basically just kill 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 kind of right not maybe not that yeah kind of yeah well and it's they want to fight well and bring glory to their tribe Mm -hmm. so grummish will recognize them yeah but again, if you look at the base stats in the Monster Manual for an orc, they've got a starting intelligence of seven, which yeah. is is pretty is really low. Like you're you're not reading or writing. And Obol was kind level. of an exception. He was combat wise, he was intelligent. He was very intelligent for an orc, but I wouldn't like state him as like genius level either. No, I, I think he was probably higher than a seven. I don't know if there was an official stat ever given yeah, to his pro- character. Probably but... not. They don't usually do that in game, but or in bo- the books, I mean. But yeah. So yeah, D&D orcs, I guess they're kind of like the Tolkien orcs too, to some extent. Yeah, they did vary, I think, a little more in appearance based on the region they they are in and the subrace. Uh, they all shared similar physical qualities, though. They usually had grayish skin, very coarse hair, uh, stooped postures, low foreheads, very large muscular bodies, um, and then very porcine faces that had the lower canines that resembled boar tusks. And uh, many had like the wolf like ears that were pointed at the end similar to how elves have it Mm -hmm. and roughly the same size as humans and other similar humanoids though they were usually wider and more muscular um very very poor temperaments and given to anger far more easily than the other races that you'd find in the D D universe uh usually easily offended 
impatient uh, and generally preferred violent situations Mm -hmm. and didn't really consider being there being other ways of approaching a problem other than the violent kind. (laughs) Yeah. So again, just as as a DM with players, as as a player, you're like, okay, this is bad. This is a bad guy. We have to kill them because they want to kill us. I think he did something with Drist in one of his books where he was like contemplating orcs and whether they're all evil or not. Cause there apparently there was some goblin they had met that was good. It's like, well, if there's a good goblin, there's got to be good orcs. Are there exceptions to the rules? Yeah. I mean, and I think part of the thing was obviously he's a dark elf and he's good. So he's having that same kind of conflict within him. It's like, are all dark elves either evil? No, of mm-hmm. course not. Are all orcs evil? And I think it, I think he kind of came down to it's like in general, they are because it's just their nature to be like they are kind of monsters, but there are certainly exceptions. Well, and I think this is where you have to separate fantasy from reality. Because mm-hmm. we're talking about a world where you have gods and goddesses that yeah. interact actively with the world and do make a difference and can inflict their will on those that live there that worship them that defy them that go against them it is a real threat and you do follow their teachings and so if you have a hostile god that has molded you and has said this is the path you're on this is what i expect from you you're gonna go down that path so it's not so much like you're you're following these deities that are basically heavily influencing the the races around them Mm -hmm. and so breaking out of that is very difficult to do Um, but in spite of kind of their simple natures they are really good at getting results as we discussed Uh, they are creatures of action not thought so they're able to get results when they put their mind to it, which is what made a bold so scary is that he was able to focus that energy and unify the orcs, which because there are so many of them, if they were unified, they would be a threat. The unfortunate thing, even if a bold (laughs) had continued, I won't get into that for spoiler reasons. Even if a bold had continued, their lifespan is only around 40 years and that's pushing it. Mm hmm. And so you're looking at, even if he did continue, you've got to find someone that can take over that mantle. Yep. (laughs) Otherwise, it's all for nothing. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember how many generations had passed before they kind of fell into chaos. I think there was at least a couple after him, but I I, they stayed it somewhere, but it's been a little bit since I've read those. So yeah, D&D orcs, typically evil. Anything else we want to touch on with them? I don't have any anything in particular we can kind of touch on this a little bit just any other orcs i notice usually in a lot of games they're just used as like generic bad guys spyro i think they got listed as being in there i mean there's a lot of games that orcs exist in i always think of them as generic generic bad guys yeah i i know we're doing something we like and i i don't know when we want to jump into ours but i know for we we were talking about having a more tribal version of them, but going more of like the Warcraft 
orc in terms of intelligence and lifestyle where they're not necessarily just here to kill Mm -hmm. and there is some intelligence there it's just a preferred lifestyle of living simple living off the land and having that kind of take on them instead of kind of some of the others is as fun as they are got to try to carve out your own world but then yeah yeah when we actually get into what we're doing with the playable version currently it's a little different and we might have i don't know we haven't really talked much about it there might be like a sub thing that we have with the others where you can play a more tribal version of it yeah how deep do we want to get into ours (laughs) well this is how about i read our oracle race how about i read our oracle thing yeah, I'd say we can do that. Um, just really quick, this is kind of a, a new segment, a yep. new kind of thing we're doing as a race reveal. I think we you called it. Yeah, let's. We're, yeah, we're gonna do that. I'll come up with a better intro for it next time. But and then you, really, uh, yeah, yeah, we've kind of split up the races, and you've taken the lead on this one, and I had some input on. We could what, have Gr- what Grunk I was introduce thinking. it. <laughs> <laughs> Get that. All right. It's just the next 30 minutes is just that. The We're going to call ours oracles. And we kind of took it from the word orc and oracle. That mm-hmm. was kind of where we got the name from. I liked it. I don't know. It just seemed a little different. It wasn't so standard. So I'll read you. The oracle long ago stepped away from the raiding and maraudering ways of their more primitive brethren, the orcs, in order to seek a more peaceful coexistent life with the other races of the sphere. The desire for a better life, along with the discovery of SDD, question mark, <laughs> have allowed them to pass down the strength of the clan from generation to generation. Oracle are extremely family-oriented, with the older generations passing on their beliefs and teaching to the young ones. In return, the younger generations take care and of and provide for the older, older Oracle. One of the central pillar, pillars of the Oracle community is the SDD, this is located in a hidden mountain known only to the Oracle peoples. When Oracles die, this haven is used to pass the mind and spirit into the SDD in order that their life experiences may be passed on to the other Oracle. Due to this very important, oh, due to this, it is very important that the Oracle bodies are brought back to the haven for this, for this ritual to take place. The SDD is worshipped as a divinity and is said to have intellect well beyond mortal understandings. That's one, that was the big thing we wanted to talk about was the bodies having to be brought back to the tribe. And that is, I guess, where we kind of, we did add in the tribe thing a little bit, but we gave them their own spin. So if a player was to share that with their party, if that player were to pass away, how important would it be to the group to get that body back? So it's just kind Mm -hmm. of an interesting thing. Well, and that could, I think we've talked about from a role-playing perspective for a player it would depend on how well you've grown with the group and what you've communicated to them. You might've said, if I don't make it through the situation, I need you to do this for me. Yeah. And that could be a fun side thing. If that ever happens, not saying that you purposely want to kill the character over. So it gets players over to another area that you want to explore as the DM, but yeah, yeah, it, it well, does yeah. provide an opportunity. And I think it starts put giving some interest into like, Oh, what, 
what's going on with this character and we do have more to discuss with these guys one reason we're kind of going to hold back some of the information is more for our players sake because if they get a chance to run into them which depending on some decisions you may see them in my campaign and i just i don't want to spoil that for our players that also listen i'm going to get into to our version of spelling if you don't mind yeah yeah, so you said oracle but i want them to kind of understand the spelling we took so it's o-r apostrophe c-l-e so uh oracle kind of taking that orc and oracle together and it just fits so well into the backstory we created for them i don't know how much further you want to take this i know we have the list (sighs) of kind of some of their racial abilities (laughs) I don't want to I did like what you you wrote on their character page. Don't know if you want to share that, but I think it gives some Ooh, I want to do their quote um, too. Their quote. Yeah. The strength of the Oracle comes from comes not from one but from many. Generations of Oracle have come and went. Your yet your strength remains unbroken. High Chief Urenta addressing the Oracle host at the Festival of Ages. So what did you I can't get to what you're looking at, unfortunately. Oh, no, that was... You just read it. That's oh, okay. I mean. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just really like that because it's at the heart of who they are as a people. Yes. And there's so much hidden <laughs> in what's being said. And I love it. Just knowing how everything's working and where they're getting that power. And it is... It is impressive. Can I? I do and... want to reveal one more small thing about them, though. Ooh, they okay. they can live an unli- an indefinite amount of time. They are ageless to some extent. Mm-hmm. That's another interesting thing. Uh, six to eight feet tall, two to three hundred pounds. Different. We have different options of skin colors: green, orange, brown, black. Hair color typically black, gray, brown, green couple options on the eye color, brown, blue, green, gray, orange, red, yellow. Yeah, they strictly follow their divinity, SSD. If they break faith with them, they will often lose most of their abilities. This will all be revealed <laughs> in the campaign, but yeah, that's the basic stuff. Well, and just really quick to go along with their like indefinite lifespan, usually another thing there are chosen there are certain chosen individual oracle that are set with a task to go out into the world and achieve something yep and and this happens in all of their lives all all of them are given a set of challenges to complete Mm -hmm. and it is usually at the completion of this that they are called back to the SDD for passing on that knowledge for basically moving on to the next stage. Yes. We're hinting at it, but we're without giving it all away too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't want to go any more than that, but I I love this idea. And I think this would be really fun to play where, and and if you think of how this divinity works and, and I want to talk about it too. Yeah. Are. No, we got to. We... <laughs> so here's it's... another interesting thing about the SSP <laughs> is sorry, we have to talk about it a little bit. 
So okay. it, it is unique amongst divines in the fact that it has one foot in the divine realm and one mm-hmm. foot in the mortal plane, which is very unique amongst the divines because usually they yes. only exist in one realm or the other. This is unique. There's a reason why that is, but we just, we can't get into it. We can't, <laughs> we, can't. we can't get into it. Maybe you're putting it together, but it, good, for, with, good for you if you yeah. did. Yeah. Going on with, what I was saying is like having a character that's there to that has that motivation built in. And then as the DM being able to assign those tasks, because usually when you're playing a campaign, it's not Farmville, right? It's not Mm -hmm. barkeep where you're just playing a sim. Usually there's something going on in the world that your partying adventures need to overcome Mm -hmm. or put a stop to. And so this is a way for you to, as as part of this society, bring back knowledge and power yep. back to your people. Yes. And that, for me, is so powerful and inspiring. And I love that concept and idea of you're not, yes, you live indefinitely, but that's not your goal. Your goal is to obtain to finish what you've been set out to accomplish yes yes and when you have reached what the sdd feels that you've reached and that's it like the s just the sdd is basically monitoring and saying you've achieved enough yes and it's time and that length of time could span however long it takes for yes. you to accomplish it so think about if you were to it. well think about if you were like if it was sending you out to gain like battle experience i mean you could essentially be out there till you were defeated yeah that would be kind of an interesting concept too if it sent fighters out and they would basically go out and fight until they were beaten oh that would be <laughs> that would be some <laughs> that could be fun oh that could be fun yeah we can't get into it anymore we can't they'd get the um unbreakable feet when you're playing Warhammer Total yeah. War, <laughs> where the unit just fights until the last one's dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, so there's a there's a lot here with them, and I I'm we should have a whole other episode down the road after we reveal them <laughs> where we go into detail on them. Yes. It, like we said, there's a lot more to put into each of these. This is kind of just the beginning inspiration. And obviously we're going to have tweaks. And in our system, it's not really about the class you choose. So a lot of your abilities, a lot of your power comes from your racial abilities. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of what makes you that race is just your natural abilities is what makes you unique when compared to anything else on the planet and their backstories will tie into that yes yeah backstories all tie into that where they originated the divine that the the divine they serve can play a big role into that there might be multiple divines that has altered them the race slightly so you get all these subs of that race so yeah you know this is definitely a, a fun race I, I can't wait to jump more in, especially now because I'm like, oh, wow, my juices are flowing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know what kind of reminds me of Orcs in a little bit of a way is Ninja Turtles. 
have you seen the new Seth Rogen? I don't know if it's actually a true leak, but they've leaked like what they're gonna look like. It's a leak. Yeah. I didn't I, I did not I did not hear of this. Ooh, juicy news. I'm not super excited by how they look, but I'll wait until I see the actual content before well, I make I, a firm judgment. Well now I gotta see him. Yeah, you should look <laughs> this it is up. the animated, right? It's animated, yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed that rambling, please consider supporting our podcast. You can show your support for the Lost Geeks on Facebook and Discord. We anticipate your collective feedback and suggestions. We would like to offer our sincere thanks to Nomad. That's K-N-O-M-A-D for providing his musical talents. You can discover him for yourself right here on Spotify. We hope you return for our next episode. And I do apologize for the cutoffs. If I don't stop them, then no one will. They are lost after all. Till next time.